What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 82 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Robin. Hey. I don't have a beard anymore. I know. I know. I can see that. I was going to like slowly roll into that in the episode, and I just decided it's t- just lead in. It's not even the most significant news in our lives since, but it is significant to the Oh, podcast. wait. You're... Your wife's pregnant again? No. Getting right back after it? No. Oh, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> that was savage. <laughs> um, obviously, we'll get into... If you've been following us, you know uh, we've had some some trials. But yeah, Joe, uh, after going uh, full ham on a uh, non-existent beard challenge um, for, for quite some time, grew a full, like... Santa Claus, um, how would you even describe it? Not as it? much gray hair, but but it's it like, that was the thing. So I like cut the beard off during a haircut and hella more gray hair was hanging out underneath. Oh, yeah. It definitely was like, hey, what's up? I haven't seen you ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, what made me take it off or what made me grow it? I love it forgot what you said well i know both of the reasons i know what was the question you asked me (laughs) i asked you i may have had a beverage before we started (laughs) recording i asked you why did you cut it i cut a few reasons um i may have asked that but that's what i'm asking now okay cool i recently we've had some (laughs) stuff happen around us which we'll talk about which made it so um, there's a lot of smoke in the air, and my beard holds smoke in, which sucks. But two, it was just time. It was time. It was getting like out of control to the point that my wife was like, "You should, uh, you should maybe like trim that." And I'm like, I grew this things out because I'm lazy and I don't want to do shit. So if I have to start like upkeep and trimming, <laughs> like fuck it. I don't know how to do that. I have to go somewhere. Probably have to like. Go to like a, a some sort of like barber shop or something for them to teach me how to like trim and upkeep a beard. I don't care about that. I never, I never got like beard oils. I never did any of that shit. I just, I didn't. For, for those- it, it, hit, it hit its uh, <laughs> if you're, you know, if you're into beard science oils. or biology, you've heard uh, carrying capacity before. Uh, like my beard got to its carrying capacity. It was just like, it. it was too much resources needed to keep it going. And that the, it just made sense to just get rid of it all. The ecosystem failed. It did. It <laughs> Got did. It. You like? I'm so excited to just like eat food. <laughs> this is like so ridiculous. I'm so excited to like not have to worry about food in my beard or in my mustache, or like have to like part my mustache with my fingers to put food in so it doesn't get on my mustache, or like blow my nose and have to like block my beard with the kleenex so i don't blow snot all into my beard so many things i love a beard um if you are a uh, patreon patron you've already heard me say this but i'm sure i will probably continue my life having like a beard season well i mean you still have a pretty massive goatee right now oh dude this is so small like so i shaved off everything except for the full goatee at first it was ridiculous. Well, yeah, because if if Joe his goatee off, no one recognized. But him. like, it was like it was like down to like center chest, and 
you don't realize, but the full beard kept it kind of straight. Mm-hmm. Once I took the sides off, it was just this like wavy, like curly madness mm-hmm. of goatee. Um, yeah. And I quickly got rid of that. No joke. I've known Joe for, for a solid like 25 years. And uh, I've seen his chin like like four times. Yeah. And we're talking about like playing football game I mean, in middle school. Starting like fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw it once or twice in fifth grade. I guess I have like football had a chin strap on most of the time, but still. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's a part of me. And this wonderful thing all started when I insinuated on a podcast. <laughs> that Nate says he grow a better beard than me. In, in a quite joking manner. <laughs> Nate Sexton had a better beard. Oh, than that's him. true. You know, that's the real reason I took the beard off. Actually, <laughs> um, I forgot that I, 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 I had a beverage before. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't need a beard to be a champion. Yeah. That no, that's true. And so finally, Nate Sexton prevailed and proved, spoiler and proved to Joe that that he didn't need to to have a beard to prove that he was a real man, and and that he could. You know, shave it and and have a much better quality of life. And you don't people, have to be a real man to win USDGC, all right? And people so will still you respect to, you. I don't know if that's like the real man part is like needs <laughs> needs to be there, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it was it was totally time. It was totally time. I uh, am happy for it to go. It'll be back. I don't think it'll, I don't think I'll ever have that epic of a beard again well uh, not in the foreseeable future well now so i'm gonna start right now and in some time in 2046 um you might be able to grow a beard <laughs> maybe you'll you'll be like hmm i should probably grow a beard to prove to robin that, that his beard that he's been growing for 20 years <laughs> right is garbage is garbage and then in six months when i win i'll shave it off again <laughs> My six month beard be your twenty four year yeah. beard. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I I guess actually that would be thirty years. Whatever. Twenty nine years from two thousand seventeen to two thousand forty six. But well, you know, whatever. But regardless, I am so stoked to be back on the podcast. So um after that whole beard tangent, we missed a week. We did. We did. And with with um what well, we can fully say is probably the best reason we've ever missed a week ever which is that we are Robin had another kid oh god <laughs> again with it you set me up you set me up you put the ball in the tee and i i swung through once and i like i fouled it and i just i just you know took the home run so uh joe and i if you're a if you're a longtime listener you already know we are northern california based specifically sonoma california north bay and uh, and we uh, up in this area in Sonoma and Napa and Santa Rosa and this whole area have been just absolutely devastated by one of the worst wildfires in in the history of California um, in the last week. And uh, it has been ridiculous. Both Joe and I had to be evacuated from our homes. Uh, there was multiple times where I didn't think that I would have a home to come home to um, and that our shedio and all our discs might be might be gone too and um, it was absolutely insane like this yep. this was um, 
I, I've never experienced. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no reference point. No, there's really not. And um, you know, we've been through earthquakes and and things like that. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're just earthquakes. Nothing, nothing crazy. But you know, like I remember '89 and and the Loma Prieta quakes. I was very young, but I remember them. And we've had other earthquakes in between, but this was imminent danger all around and all around like surrounding our valley yeah and now on top of that there was so much smoke the air quality was so bad that even being outside was dangerous to your health i mean honestly it still is it still is even though it's cleared and and we're here you know doing a podcast but our air quality is still insanely bad like long-term health quality consequences I, my kids have to stay inside yep um we bounced uh you know i i moved my family to to a friend's house and we East know Bay. that uh masks need to be n95 or higher rated i got them oh i got them i didn't you know wearing masks outside yep it's crazy yep so i it's it has been very trying and um we are so thankful to those of you out there that are firefighters or first responders um, and anyone that, that helped out here. But but really, I mean, we had – there were so many people that lost homes. There were so many people that, that you know, lost family members, you know, and and we managed to – Joe and I were lucky enough to, to come out safe. All of our family, you know, mm-hmm. is still whole. We didn't yep. lose anybody. Nobody lost homes. Right. And – and our children are safe. We're we're back in our homes at this point, and it's time to rebuild here in Sonoma. But it it was absolutely insane. And this was this right. was out of the blue. We had fifty to seventy mile an hour winds one night, and at three in the morning, I'm waking up because I'm I got an infant, um, and we're feeding our child, and and Natasha and I had had woken up and, um. And saw alerts on our phone that there was this crazy fire going on in Santa Rosa. And and at that point, I started packing my car. I didn't even get phone alerts. I got I got alerts via like Facebook. Yeah. Well that's where that's where uh we saw it first. Yeah. And and then we signed up. There's this this service called Nixle. Nixle. Yep. Um the, We the, all know about that Nixle. We know about it now. Um but it it was absolutely nuts, and so I started. I have like a small emergency kit that is that is for, you know, it was supposed to be for earthquakes or whatever, but it was for that. And uh, I packed the car. I packed, you know, essentials, passports, you know, uh, social security, social birth security cards, birth birth certificates, all that stuff. Put it in the car and got it ready. And then it, when when daybreak came, I I drove up to towards the fire to take a look and absolute devastation just just like a town north of me a, a, a legit giant beautiful neighborhood gone gone totally 100 percent gone uh and and that wasn't that was the tip of the iceberg yeah you know, i was looking at a town close to me and there was a whole other area up in santa rosa that just got absolutely destroyed yep huge neighborhood you know of a thousand homes just gone and those people didn't get the luxury of seeing an update you know on their phone and packing things they had to go they got a, a 10 minute warning and um like my ceo got the warning and, and he honestly thought it was like an advisory 
mm-hmm. get out. Um, so he had 10 minutes and grabbed stuff and, you know, got his wife and his dog and, and got out. But he in no way, shape or form thought yeah, house was going to be gone. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some amazing stories that came out of it. There was a, a 70-year-old couple that the didn't hear the the warnings or didn't get them and ended up spending six hours in a pool in their neighbor's yard with towels on their face yep to protect themselves from the the heat of the the flames that were literally melting cars like little like glass like melting glass melting yeah. cars um insanity it's it's crazy uh it's it's that stuff that um I probably said it a couple minutes ago or I said it in the pre-show, I don't remember, but we see these things all the time. Yeah. You see in the news there's flooding, and I know we have listeners in Texas mm-hmm. and Florida and yep. all throughout that uh, with hurricanes, and you see wildfires and you see earthquakes uh, most recently in Mexico, near Mexico City, they mm-hmm. had the big earthquake. Yeah. And you never expect it Yep. in your own backyard. And it was literally... <laughs> In Robin's backyard, it was. I had I had uh, actual fire come within like about less than half a mile of my house, um, and and it's crazy. And it is, you know, um, the firefighters and the first responders, the CHP, the police from all over the place are amazing. But also, truly, um, I think we've known it. And Robin and I are are two guys who grew up in a town, moved away, and purposely moved home to raise families because of the community and the community really has come together and are doing amazing things. And I see it every day. You know, I work for a boys and girls club. I work with kids. I work in a nonprofit and, um, we're, we're seeing it every day. Yeah. We were able to get our, our doors back open yesterday and, um, it's a trying time, but knowing that there are really truly people there for you is, is pretty damn amazing. Yeah. And our our local high school was turned into an evacuation center. Yep. And they legitimately had to start turning down donations. Yep. Because so many people were pouring in from wherever they could to to donate the things that they listed that they needed that they didn't have the space to store it anymore. And it was just so much of that going around everywhere and so much goodwill and so many people helping each other. Right. And, uh, you know, there are companies that i work with i'm a contractor and uh i work with you know building i do a lot of uh landscape work primarily landscape architecture things like that but i work with excavating contractors and these guys put their equipment and their lives on the line to go do fire breaks up in our hills with with massively expensive machines and their own lives at stake to do it and uh, they nobody paid them for it and they just went out and did it and they probably saved our section of town. Yep. Um, the, yep. Where, where Joe and I live specifically, these guys went up and plowed huge fire breaks on the top of the, the hills above us. We're in this little valley and, um, you know, probably saved us. And then and then probably the biggest takeaway, and we'll, I guess we'll, we'll close on, on, on this serious right. section of the right. podcast here. But um, we got air support. From from as far as Australia, yeah. So super tankers and uh, Black Hawk helicopters, all kinds of things. We had military here. We had all kinds yep. of aircraft dropping National water, Guard, dropping yep. fire retardant, all kinds of stuff. 
and it's it's hard to describe the feeling when you're wondering if your house is going to be saved and you see a gigantic freaking plane it's like out of a movie it's yeah. out of it's out of a movie you see the you see the videos of it happening it's like you know when you watch movies in the last second like the the hero comes to save the yeah. day like that's what it felt like and you know you don't want to compare it to like a, a military situation but you see all the time in military movies where where a uh, where a, a squadron is pinned down or something like that and they need air support and at the last possible second some uh, a helicopter comes in or jets come in and and you know rescue them it, it, you feel like that when when you think your home is going is going down and and you see above it a plane come and and drop a huge load of water or this orange fire retardant material i mean these are huge planes they're coming in and, and dropping that stuff. It's it's pretty amazing. So we're uh we apologize for missing a week and and we're sure you understand. <laughs> and uh, but it, and hopefully you don't ever have to truly understand. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. It just absolutely crazy. And we're gonna rebuild out here. So we're 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 feeling you know, we're feeling confident. All the discs are safe. <laughs> Literally All it, of the plastic is 100% safe. Did not lose a single disc. So, and for a minute there it was looking like we might lose a lot. So, well, I came through and yeah, I, uh, I liberated a large Joe amount. rescued them for sure. So man, absolutely wild times. Nuts. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's like drink a whole bunch and talk about silly <laughs> things in disc golf. So we might, we but, might, but we honestly, might. uh, we thank you guys for listening to, like I, I, I said, um, this is the first time in a week and a half, almost two weeks, that I'm like really excited and happy to do something. Yeah. Um. So this it totally makes me happy to do this podcast. So hopefully you guys are having a good time and listening and got through our little sentimental moment and uh, have some fun with us. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it and and uh, getting out of the the kind of emergency mode to to do a podcast like this and knowing that everyone out there enjoys it and cares about us and sent us messages letting us know you know that they're they're you know thinking about us was meant a lot to both joe and i so we appreciate that i just looked at your um outline yeah what did i do <laughs> usdgc is underway oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> remnant from uh two weeks ago <laughs> and it's gone Yep. <laughs> All right. So I might as well tell you what we're going to talk about on the rest of this episode. We're we're going to cover the USDGC because we we started on the last episode and and we're pretty stoked on on how, how and and we're out. okay being a tournament behind because we're a couple weeks away from having no tournaments. So yeah. I'm not worried about it. For the Game of Thrones people, winter is coming, and uh, what that means is that Joe and I will be scratching and clawing for. For topics I know. to discuss. What that means is Robin is going to have to do an in the bag. <laughs> Probably. Um, I did Something one recently, like, but maybe another one will come up. Something along those lines. We're going to have to come up with things to talk about. And uh, so we'll, and we'll be reaching out to you all like we always do. Like we always do the one time we did it. <laughs> but it's a known commodity now. So we'll talk USDGC and, uh, and, and talk about our favorite friend of the program, Champion. Which, you know, Joe's favorite name. I'm just saying. 
Ooh, uh-oh. Listen, I love the Nates. Yeah. But a Nate that doesn't drink beer, oh, okay. I don't know that he can be my favorite. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I'll be honest. We'll, we'll get into that further. But uh, And then we have our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Heiserbaum Mortar, which is a five-speed, four-glide, zero-turn, three-fade, mid-range disc. And we have it in Frontline Plastic, I believe. Frontline X. Frontline X. And then we're pairing that with Well-Built ESB by Breckenridge Brewery, which is out of Colorado, of course, which was given us to uh, given to us by our good friend Brian Woodward, and uh, who is formerly out of California or out of Colorado, and and now. But I think he was from California and then went to Colorado and then came been. back. But still, yeah. been. he he loves states that start with a C. That's his thing. Word. I was going to like go for something really awful and <laughs> decide to just be like, yes, he, that is true. So it's a 7.8% alcohol ESB. We'll we'll uh, review both of those and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Boom. So, Joe, I believe you've got some explaining to do about the Nates and, and how you feel about the USDGC. I feel fantastic about USDGC. Um, a Nate one. Yeah. Like in general, just because I have a favorite and a like whatever doesn't mean I don't like love Nate's. Yes. I, I do. Agree. I mean, pandas, eh. Yeah, okay. Fair but, enough. Uh, but them open Nate's are legit. Um, I, I guess I'm just going to get right into it because I've basically already done so. Nate Sexton won. <laughs> and Nate Sexton played an amazing tournament. Clean concise like he just knew what he was doing and stuck to his game plan and and did it and and won the tournament that he what in 2015 had the same like four or five stroke lead and then lost by like 11 yeah had a, a super duper blow up mm-hmm. uh bad news round and it was looking for a minute like it was going to be usdgc of old with a, a rain out on the final day yep and they fought through and he just did work. He knew his shots. He knew what he was doing. He was confident. He was hitting putts. It, it was it was a thing of beauty. Yep. And there's not a single disc golfer worth their weight in geldings <laughs> that wouldn't be happy with a Nate Sexton uh, major. I agree. I think he's easily one of the most likable disc golf personalities out there. Just based on on it, the broadcast work that he does the commentary on 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 disc golf video I mean it's like Philo would be in that yeah yeah but still no I don't think anything compares to, I think Sexton is easily the most popular oh, the commentary yeah, yeah, yeah disc golfer um I don't I don't really even think there's a- I guess if 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 uh if Ian from CCDG or Jomez was super good at disc golf yeah they could be maybe but still probably not I don't I you know it, He's he's just uh he's so, he's got such a quick wit and he's so good at disc golf as well. So uh, being able to see him play so well and then have his personality shine through on all the various interviews and disc golf videos that he does commentary for, you just really can't it, you can't you know root against that guy. It's just no way. 
Um, and also and other a, Nate cast real good too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he's a you know new father. He he had a, a daughter born you know just a few months ago. So and he is the only disc golfer on uh, in the top ten who was a guest on our podcast this year. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> so remember last episode uh, a few weeks ago where I was like talking about the DGP bump and yeah. uh, when you listen to the podcast or you have anything to do with the podcast, you play like the best disc golf of your life. True. Proven. Yep. Proven with a USDGC first place trophy. You know, we're normally pretty bashful on this podcast. We try to keep it low key <laughs> and, you know, we're pretty humble, but I think it's pretty safe to say this is 100% uh, proof that listening, participating, being on this podcast will make you a USDGC champion. Champion. <laughs> Not just better, USDGC champion. So <laughs> if you haven't started, li- like if you're just now starting to listen, or if you have a friend who's playing open and like legit, yeah, you need to tell them about the podcast. Yeah, tell them about the podcast. Hey, someone tell Paige Pierce about the podcast. And the the problem, she could win next year. The problem is, as our listener base grows, you know that that DGP bump thins out. It's true for more people. It's true. So you got to get in now and get the the stronger DGP bump. That's right. Yeah, it's and if you come on the show, it's science. Or you play around with us, it gets even better. Yeah, I. I we have a I've got an Excel spreadsheet that proves that somewhere. It's true. It's true. So, our buddy Phil just threw uh, a a plus four at at Daylaw and a minus one at Black Mouse. Yeah, sure. Why not? Wild times. And you know Ricky Waisaki, who refused to call in our Raptor range after you know all of his aces that happen like every every couple of weeks. It seems like um, he he came in second place. So by the by the way, did you? Just just to talk about the rap, just Raptor Range, um, there's another podcast. Do you want to drop that, that Raptor Range phone name number for us? Yeah, it's 707-939-5476. You can leave us a message, and if we love it, we'll play it on the show. Most notably, we have played people's ace stories right. at, at the end of our episode. So um, we, we have a listener who called into a different podcast with the Raptor Range number. Like, a, was it what kind of a different podcast? Like, what kind of podcast? I think they do disc golf stuff, but I think they're mostly like a marketing agency for a disc golf company. Interesting. Got it. Um, it's, I think it's called... Because uh, I, I, I don't know about you, but I was completely unaware that there were other disc golf podcasts. Yeah, well, I don't think you'd ever find it because, like, um, their name doesn't say disc golf at all. I think it's called Degam. Okay. Like, you know, I've seen that. I wondered what yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, it looked like a stack of pancakes with uh, headphones on. Right. <laughs> so we actually we had a listener called in and asked them to wish me luck in my ace journey. Uh, I will let you all know if you listen to both podcasts, never received a call. <laughs> there is not a message from from the gentleman at the gam. So they don't care about growing the sport. <laughs> Clearly not. It's been proven. <laughs> I don't even know what we were talking about. I think they're also <laughs> upset because we beat uh, Rob McCall in fantasy football last week. We did? Like two weeks ago. Oh, okay. Like the week that we weren't doing a podcast. Oh, got the, it. The second time we actually won a matchup. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to just say uh, fantasy football for a minute. Sorry, I'm grand, grand gears. We lost to Steve Hill from Ulta World mm-hmm. by 15 points. 
and Aaron Rodgers was their quarterback. If you play fantasy football, you know what's up. Yeah. That's all. I won't say anything more. We got torpedoed. I'm just sad inside. It hurts. So anyways, but back to the good stuff. Like Robin said, Ricky got second. Paul McBeth. Paul played a absolute garbage by top 10 player um, dumpster fire by Paul McBeth level second round but went mcbeast mode in the final oh went crazy mcbeast mode to where he was i don't even think he was on the chase card i almost feel like he was like on the third card out no he's on chase card um but still got himself into third yeah and shot the hot round oh yeah yeah by a lot in the final so he shot a 55 in the final round and uh, I just did a quick search, and that was definitely the lowest score. There was a 56. Yeah, I was say, did anyone throw a 55? No, no. He was the only 55. There was a 56 by Barry Schultz. Um, so so that was in there. Uh, and how about this for Nate Sexton, though? Round one, 59. Round two, 58. Round three, 57. Round four, 58. And then that, I mean, that's just perfection. Well, the best part was, too, on 18 – he easily could have had a birdie mm-hmm. in the final round, like, yep. and just was like, "Yep." Like, I think he was just outside the bullseye, and he's like, "I'm gonna put it on the pin. I don't want there any chance of a roll away or whatever." And he took even, a stroke. I mean, he won, even though I'm winning by five strokes, right? And but took a stroke on the final hole just to be like, "I don't want any chance mm-hmm. of anything bad. Yeah. If I'm not in the bullseye, I am not going to put." Yeah, it's I, rad. I mean, if you're this is. The, the USDGC is huge. I mean, it's a major deal. It, it Aside from winning Worlds, the, the second tournament you want to win is the USDGC. And I think with the time, in my, like, in my opinion with this year, the timing of Worlds being so early in the season makes USDGC that much bigger. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, this, to, to be honest, feels more like the culminating event to the to the season you know it just without a doubt and i know there are more events but but this really feels you know more substantial and and you remember it more you know rick's the champion we got the pdga site up here and we got Paige and rick on the on both sides of yeah the, of of it there so did you did you hear what uh rick said after all this no tell me you didn't see on ultra world no i've been so out of the loop man he basically was like um I think my performance so far this year has shown that I am the best player in the world. Well, I mean, he probably is, but but I, I you could argue that Paul played better than him this year, probably by rating. That's, that's what I'm true. saying. Well, and the rating is still Paul McBeth. Yeah, yeah. And when it well, came, I mean, even if even in a vacuum, like the rating for the whole year, um, not just their their all time rating, you know, not all time, but their their current ratings. But like, if you just took their rating in the tournaments they played this year. I think Paul probably still had an edge. I do too. Um, I I do too, and that's whatever. I just I I I don't necessarily argue it, but I do think it's kind of. Um, I wouldn't expect that from from Rick. I you know we're seeing it more and more, uh, and and it started with. Two years ago, when he got called out by Paul, yeah. and, and yeah. has gone back to back in in worlds since then, and you know maybe he didn't, maybe he needed that after losing in in 2014, 
uh, in that kind of devastating fashion, and then and then getting called out for being a choker, you know, essentially yeah, yeah. By, by his biggest rival, and now he's not going to gonna let people sleep on it. So I I don't I don't hate it. I I I would expect him to believe that he's the best player in the world the way he plays and what and he I, does. And I feel like Paul's the same. But I bet they both would say I'm the best in the world. Yeah, of course. And I understand like that's and part of being a competitor. Competitor, being a competitor. Um, so it's okay. I'm pretty sure I slaughtered <laughs> champion earlier. <laughs> champion. Actually, that's still not bad the way I just did it. Um, so here's that was the like next a... step. And I I'm pretty positive another answer. Does Nate Sexton's USDGC win put him into the Paul McBeth Ricky Waysaki tier? No, no, absolutely no, not. no. And even even Nate would say that to you. I, I I don't. I think whenever you talk about when even those other players, Eagle or or uh, or you know Simon Simon, the way they talk about what Rick and and Paul do on a regular basis. They're they're just on a different level. When they are playing at their best, you can't beat them. No. No, but I do think the second tier has gotten bigger and better, if that yes, makes sense. I agree. I think probably at the start of this year, uh, I don't want to get into it yet because we're probably going to need this for an episode later, mm-hmm. kind of breaking down tiers. But, I mean, um, the, the second tier is a lot closer to the first tier than it was at the start of the year. Yeah. And there's a lot of names that have been added on to that second tier, I feel like, mm-hmm. this year. Like uh like James Conrad Yeah. Probably has crept his way into that second tier. And then we got all these young guns that, that seem to have popped up, you know, whether it's Grady Shoe or or uh what's his face from uh from a couple of weeks ago. Scroll scroll down, I'll tell you his name when you get Kevin Jones. Kevin Jones. Did you how much footage did you watch? I I watched uh, probably a full round total. Did you have you watched any Kevin Jones? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. That guy super smooth. So like looks like zero effort. So obviously we are behind. Yeah. Um it podcast wise, but Kevin Jones was the leader through the first day um and I think still in the lead card, maybe tied for lead or just above behind in the second. Well, he kind of imploded after day 1. Okay. Well, yeah, all right, yeah. Oh, you're right. So he, he shot. But day one, and he imploded on, like, the last, like, five holes, too. Yep. He was playing an amazing clean. Yep. Well, 17 destroyed him. Exactly. That 17 was the destroyed him. Um, and and then 18, the, he went OB, too. So he. That, that was the only round I watched of him. Well, the only round that there was major footage of was that round two after he shot the, the hot round, uh, tied for the hot round in, in round one. And and I'll tell you right now, um, when I throw in those few select moments where I get a disc out over 400, if you're watching me <laughs> me throw, you know I'm putting everything into it. <laughs> like you can you can tell that it's a max effort. Like I'm gonna put everything I got to like bust it out there. No joke, Kevin Jones looks like he is throwing a position shot mm-hmm. and it's going 550. Yeah, he looks like he's laying up a Nova. Yep. Know, from he's like just reaching back and 75 feet and and cranking it out. You know, it looks like you know maybe he's trying to get a harp out to like 250. 
but it just goes. Like I can't even explain it. I it it was mesmerizing to watch the disc come out of his hand because even his whole form and everything, you're like, all right, like that's a good shot, and the disc just carries. Yep, and goes so far. He, you need, we need to pay attention to that dude. Yep, and and all these these young guys. And listen, more of them. Pro discus, like you're rad, and I'm happy that you have him. You're not gonna have him long. Probably not. That's probably true. Um, he's made enough waves, and he throws far enough with ease mm-hmm. that um, someone's gonna knock at his door. I agree. I agree. So. Let me run down. You want me to run down uh, the the standings real quick? I'll do yeah, the top yeah, ten. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. So uh, Nate Sexton, your USDGC champion at thirty four under par, then Ricky Wysocki in second place at twenty nine under. Paul McBeth with a massive surge. McBeast mode activated on Sunday to come in third place at twenty seven down, and then Greg Barsby and Philo Brathwaite tied at fourth place at twenty four down. Uh, Seppo Paiu. At 23 down in 6th place. Barry Schultz at 20 down in 7th place. Paul Uliberry and Nate Doss tied at 8th place at 19 under. And then we have Chris Dickerson and Devin Owens tied in 10th at 18 down. So, yeah. And there was a lot of 10. There's a lot of other great players that had some blow up rounds, and really that's. Yeah. Well, even Coling early that's on what, that's was, was, was looking yep. really good, and then just a really. And that his final his round he just four had a bad dude's final round was brutal, really bad. So aside from Nate winning his first major, um, there was also other history made at the USDGC. Paige Pierce mm-hmm. threw the best round ever by a woman at USDGC. Yeah, she threw a round that. Robin and I could quit our jobs and devote ourselves to disc golf and probably in the next 10 years never throw a minus five at Winthrop Gold. Totally possible, yeah. See how Robin said that? He's like, if I devoted myself, I I could throw better than that at Winthrop Gold. I could. I believe that. But I'd have to quit my job. And your family. Lose 30 pounds. uh, Quit my family. Right. And <laughs> it's not possible. That's the thing. Like I could, we could both play better disc golf, but that's not going to happen. We play once a week. I do. I did that. lose a bet on that though. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad to say that I took the under saying that she would place 48th. Um, I was very wrong. Joe, Joe took the over and, uh, she placed 87th in the field. I didn't want to take it. It's just that's how it happened. That's how it happened. So I forget what I owe, but but it's probably some sort of alcohol thing. It's I'm it's surely malt liquor. Can I can I solve it with like a taking a swig of Templeton on the podcast right now or? Oh, or? let me take away like your dirty malt liquor with beautiful, tasty rye whiskey. Well, you know, we just came out of a disaster, and you know, it's probably a good idea. No, you know, my brother stole a whole bottle of of bourbon from my my garage in the in the name of you know helping helping us through the disaster no there was no part of helping you were helping him actually (laughs) there was no part that he came to your garage to like help you no he came he came to the shedio to get things from you to save himself and then took and then took more (laughs) listen i came and i took 
like 70 discs from here Andrew Templeton and returned all of it unscathed. That's true. That's accurate. So you will drink malt liquor at some oh, point. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I mean, we could solve it right now. You know. I mean, you're welcome to drink that beautiful, tasty Templeton we'll rye. forget that, about it. That six-year Templeton, but there will be malt liquor in the future. <sighs> Man, that's what I get. That's what I get. Joe, Anyways, Joe just she threw it. She threw a minus five at Winthrop Gold, and it was fantastic. I more than believe. <laughs> Listen, I will happily drink for the cause. You know, I know you will. I know you will. Grow the sport. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, overall, we're just you know thrilled for for Nate Sexton. He's had so many close calls and at various events in the last couple of years. Where he was, you know, in the running, and and either Paul or Ricky got him at the last, you know, in the final round, and and he was able to hold on and and really just play his game all four rounds. I mean, the fact that that there's a literally just a two stroke swing between his his four rounds is amazing. Yeah, I no, mean, he was he was about it. Yeah, having having a between fifty seven and fifty nine in all four rounds, uh, that's that's fantastic. Oh yeah, no he. So and and like I said, the last round was rain soaked. Yep, trying to figure it out, which is even more money. And he still shot a great round. So yeah, hard to argue with it. And, and you know, major congratulations to him. And and there were then dropped on Innova the commemorative Firebirds, which Joe and I jumped on. Yeah, which while like evacuated at a friend's house, like. As kids were finally being able to play somewhere outside, yeah. got the alert uh, from our Slack group. Yep. From our Slack group, which we'll talk about more later, um, and quickly went, yep, that's going to happen, and I ordered them, and uh, they'll be here tomorrow, I believe. That's So when you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that Rob and I already have the new commemorative Sexy Birds. And we are very excited for that, and excited to support Nate and, and everything that, of that he does in disc golf. This dude's gonna be a uh, uh, a major part of disc golf going forward for for a long time. I, yeah. Whether it's playing or promoting the sport as a commentator, whatever it is, I mean, we're gonna be watching and listening to him uh, 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 forever, forever, I mean, forever. I, I just it it's amazing. So I can't even wait. Seeing as he's younger than us, yeah, that's <laughs> probably forever. Yeah, probably forever. Probably forever. Uh, younger than us and uh, at least and as healthy. long <laughs> at least as long as we're doing this podcast yeah for sure which hopefully also is forever yeah yeah episode 82 i mean we're 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 jamming dude we're rolling along i can't wait for episode 100 what are we gonna do i don't know you know what we should do though um i should have said it before we started recording this big one though i think it's another time for a uh patreon patron disc giveaway Okay, we actually we have a handful of discs for sure that we can we can away. do that. But so, so that's gonna you want to give away a River Pro, right? That's what you want to give. Away? Yeah. All right. So that's what we're gonna do on this one. So Joe and I started a a Patreon uh, a few, I guess, a month ago now. So support and, um, wildfire victims. Yeah. So the, <laughs> literally, if you're looking for a way to support a couple of wildfire victims directly our disc golf podcast patreon is the perfect way to do that wow i don't even i don't even know how i feel about myself right now 
<laughs> but uh, we do have a Disc Golf Podcast Patreon, which helps us buy discs and uh, and review everything for this podcast. And it's patreon.com slash the Disc Golf Podcast. And for your patronage, we do a pre-show recording. So we, we got, you know, normally between 45, 40 minutes and an hour of pre-show recordings where we're just off the cuff, whatever we're thinking about each day. And uh, we put those out to our Patreon subscribers, and it's a lot of fun. So, uh, completely so sometimes uncensored. there's some fantasy football, sometimes other things. Yeah, yeah and sometimes we say uh, things that we would never dare say on yeah. the actual podcast. Horribly ridiculous things sometimes. Uh, other times, just a little bit extra disc golf. And, and uh, we really appreciate everyone that has subscribed so far. But uh, this week, we're going to give out a uh, River Pro, which was one of the trilogy discs to one of our patreon subscribers so uh go ahead and, and subscribe and you'll get a chance to win that one so we won't give it away until uh next week when all the right. people that have listened to this episode uh have have subscribed so uh go ahead and do that and with that it is time for our world famous deer review our disc and beer pairing where we take a disc we take a beer we review them both and let you know whether you should bring on the course Tonight we have the Heiserbaum Mortar, which is a five-speed, four-glide, zero-turn, three-fade mid-range disc. We've got it in Frontline X Plastic and uh, kind of a, a beadless mid-range disc. And we're pairing that with well-built ESB by Breckenridge Brewery out of Colorado. So, you know, mortar, like brick and mortar and, yep, and yep. well-built, you know, that's our, that's our concept here on this one. Right. So, uh, f- fun story through all of the crazy wildfires that we've had to deal with on, I believe last Saturday on Saturday when I was planning to go back to my house and start clearing it out and getting the smoke smell out to like get my life back together. Um, as I was getting ready to leave my parents' house who I was staying with, I got reports that there was an arson in my park setting a fire um, at, in Maxwell Park. Had oddly shaped feet, I'm sure. Uh, the arsonist had oddly shaped feet. Um and my mom started like freaking out about the boys and girls and blah, blah blah. And I thought to myself, you know what? That whole building is solid brick and mortar. It is. It is. And I'm not worried about anything happening to that club. Um, just a fun little <laughs> side story about brick and mortar. <laughs> and we should mention that our deer review, as always, is sponsored by BottleKeeper.com, which is our our favorite beer product that has ever been made i don't know if you noticed but when i i grabbed your discs i grabbed your grip bag and your templeton i also threw your bomber i also threw your bomber into your grip bag yeah. I, I i purposely saw i think that's yours oh mine it has, is mine mine has stickers all over it's it. totally mine mine's yes. in the back of my car anyways so, i saved my own so. um bottle keeper but in any case, bottlekeeper.com, you can use promo code DISCGOLF to get yourself $5 off your order. And uh, Bottle Keeper is a terrific product that houses your beer so you can take any beer. They have ones for 12-ounce beers. They have ones for 22-ounce beers. It is a sleeve that slides over the top, makes it look like a stainless steel or uh, painted, you know, like powder-coated water bottle. 
and seals it, keeps it cold, and it's like you're carrying around a regular water bottle and your beer is staying cold and safe. You can't spill it. It's freaking amazing. Use promo code DISCGOLF. Get five bucks off. Like Rob, Rob knows. Later. I, I have left my bottle keeper multiple times on the course at like the last hole or whatever. <sighs> Dude, you're such a goose. Um, And never – there's been a few times that I like left it at, in like in the circle from my putt. And went back to it, and it's been like sideways on the ground. Not a single drop has spilled out. It's good to go. Or a nice like other person picks it up, and I'm like, "Hey, do you see a water bottle over there?" Basically, Joe is just like massively drunk on the course and like falling down, leaving his bottle keeper places. But <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, so if you're in our Slack group, we had a conversation today about uh, playing sober, and uh, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I do. I, I, you know, when's the last? What's the last time you played a sober round? Regularly. I mean, like with the difference between having a beer and, and no, no, no. I'm saying dead sober. That's different. Oh, so like no beer. Yes, at all. like no beer. Like um, a straight edge round. It's it's probably been s- six months or so. Yeah. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. All but right. I mean, there was there was two months in there where I didn't play at all because I was true about to have a child. True that. And uh, I played plenty of. I've played a lot of non hammered rounds. Oh, well. So I mean, I've played a ton of uh plenty, a lot, way more than you have. Sure. That's true, but there's a lot of times that we play together that I drink just as much as you on the course. It's just the ride home that I <laughs> I get after it. Like, I usually drink as much as you on the course, and I'm like, I'm all right, but I have a full 22, and we're heading home, so I'm going to knock this down yeah. before I get home. Yeah. But Dead Sober, the last time I played Dead Sober, I played uh, uh, Shady and threw the worst round not the word. I've played really bad at Shady, but I played around. I think I, I threw a minus one with you at Shady, and the next time I played Shady, I was sober and threw like a plus seven. Yeah, I blame sober. Uh, I blame sobriety on that one. You know, I I don't uh, honestly. There's no. I mean, I I'm. I don't know that I would ever say that I'm. Aside from a select few like bachelor parties and things like that. Like drunk on a course. No, totally. That and and, and I, I mean, I've had my moments. Usually, it's the second round if we play like the back in yeah. the days where we played two rounds. I also predominantly drive us to the disc golf. Course, no, totally. So, so I'm typically like a like a two beer, you know, two beer maximum type, right. type thing. Yeah, two two twenty two is a razor five. <laughs> no, it's, not um, <laughs> it's not accurate. It's not accurate at all. No, I'll get I'll get a I'll get a buzz going. As long as I I stay like relatively hydrated and and yeah. make it through um but for me when i'm stone cold sober and it's not it's not alcohol's fault it's not it's it's my mental game is weak okay and i'll put it on that not on you need to drink but my mental game is weak and a couple beers i think way less and what mm. happens when i'm sober i overthink the shot i overthink the disc selection i overthink the putt and i think like too much about it and if i got a like, little if i'm calmed down <laughs> got a drink or two in me you're describing some symptoms of some things <clears throat> i don't never have shakes uh-huh i never have shakes all right um that's it i mean everything else yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> totes, for sure 
for sure. I don't listen. I'm gonna tell you right now. These fucking wildfires have turned me more into an alcoholic. <laughs> like I was already there. I guarantee you. I will. Uh, I I will play better with with no alcohol. If you if you replace the the uh, the ounces of alcohol with ounces of water, I will play better. Guaranteed. And I know it because I've done it. I won't. I, I absolutely do. Like if I if I was going out to to play my best round, I would bring no alcohol. I would drink water, and uh, I would play my best round. Guaranteed. Mm. Guaranteed. Mm. I not me. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think you would. I think you would. I think it's it's mental preparedness. I think I really need to like work on the mental game because that's uh-huh. that's truly the thing that takes me down is you know when you get up to your putt. Yeah. Right. And you, you stare it down and you get stuck in that like, okay, I'm ready to go. Like, let's put it in. Oh, let me take another minute. And then you overthink it. And or like, what if yeah. I what if I turn it over? What if I hit the top? What if I whatever? Mm-hmm. And then you do it because you already like put it in. You're like, that's Absolutely, your yeah. that's your destination. Yeah. That goes away. That goes away when I have a drink or two, but when I drink too much, then I'm too quick and it's like bad. <laughs> so it's like, uh, so when I was playing in bands, I've probably said this in podcasts before. When I was playing in bands, uh, our buddy Marcos can corroborate this story. When I was when we were playing music together and stuff like that, we always uh, were searching for what we called the perfect, mm-hmm. right? Which was just drunk enough that you can play everything right, like you're not falling apart your fingers are working you know what you're doing mm-hmm. um i'm playing when i'm supposed to play but just drunk enough that if you mess up a little bit it doesn't get in your head you're not upset you're not like ah oh, yeah i ruined the song you just get right back to it and go for it like that's the disc golf world for me is the perfect where i i'm not overthinking but i'm not like drunkenly just throwing shit yeah well ultimately what we're talking about here on this podcast is just having a good time and, enjo- yeah. and enjoying good beer which is what the deal review is all about. So let's get to. <laughs> That's Rob saying. Shut up, Joe. Let's shut the, let's roll. Shut the bleep let's, up, Joe. Let's roll. <laughs> when this isn't an AA meeting, Joe, we need to. It's we not AA on. because I'm gonna rattle him. Listen, we're worried. We're worried, Joe. Nobody's worried. <laughs> People would be worried if I came on the show and was like, "I no longer drink." Yeah. Uh, Robin, tell me. You tell me the beer part. I'll tell you the disc part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I am. I am straight edge. Hi, my name is Joe, and I am on this disc golf podcast. I no longer drink alcohol. That's when people get worried. I used to sure. be addicted to alcohol. Now I am clean. Would you like to buy some magazines? I mean, I guess if you if you used to be addicted to something, that means you're like forever addicted, supposedly. Yeah, in theory. In theory. I'm, I'm never going to get there. Got it. I mean, I'm addicted, but it's not good. <laughs> But not like detrimental to my world. Anyways, tell me about wow, what dude. we're doing. We've had some revelations. So once again, I'll reintroduce our dear review. We're in crisis mode. From like what feels like a week ago now. But we have well-built ESB, which stands for Extra Special Bitter uh, by Breckenridge Brewing Company, which is pretty awesome beer. It is aged in Stranahan's Colorado whiskey barrels. So you take a sip of this beer right away and, and it, it while you get the bitterness flavor, 
you're not expecting a lot of other ESBs that you have don't have this strong flavor profile that you get from this one. I mean, this is extremely or or the powerful. nose. Yeah, like I I take a, a sniff before I even drink. I was like, woo, that's some whiskey. But the yeah, the whiskey barrel aging makes this extremely unique, and we've paired it with the Heiserbaum Mortar. But I think we'll we'll start with the beer on this one. Uh, once again, we were given this beer by Brian Woodward, who was a longtime listener and member of our Slack group and friend of the program for sure. So thank you, Brian. We appreciate this one. And uh, this one is is pretty awesome. I mean, you get that bitter flavor right off. And then the right after that, you get that sweet finish that you would expect from something that was aged in in a, a whiskey barrel. I mean, it's it's it, you get the bitter start and then all of a sudden you get like a, like a fruity sweetness that finishes off. It's it's extremely good. Seven point eight percent alcohol. Um, very good. Do you want want me to hand this over to you so you can get another? Yes, please. Robin hasn't let me drink any of it because he no. thinks I have a problem. Well, because he was just spent like the last fifteen minutes describing his alcoholism. So I I figured Robin's just hiding his own. By the way, that's not accurate. Robin drinks just much or more than I do. That's that's false. How many beverages do you think you consumed during your evacuation? During my evacuation, like when I was evacuated, like yeah, personally evacuating my house. No, 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 no. Like during the time you were away, that was zero. During the time you were away from your house. Oh, like from when I woke up to when I went to sleep. Okay. <laughs> so shush. Well, no, it was like well, basically from the time that I was it, like worried about being evacuated and knew that I had to evacuate. There was absolutely very little, like at, at most a, a beer here and there. And then I got my family evacuated to the East Bay and, uh, you know, pretty much opened the floodgates once I was in Concord and knew that I wouldn't have to wake up in the middle of the night and drive my three children and wife to safety away from fire. That was like the biggest reason that we evacuated from our home. <laughs> So, was I didn't want to wake up in the middle of the night, and I was like, I'm getting, it's right now provisionary, I'm getting out of here, because I don't want to wake up at 3 and be like, oh, my head hurts, <laughs> let's pack up and get out. No, man, it, it's scary, freaking scary, and yeah, don't want to, don't ever want to have to think about that. There's a, there's some, like, some, some coffee aftertaste, too. Oh, absolutely, yeah, I could see that. But it's tasty, like it's um. To me, it was it was uh more fruity. I'm looking at a, a at a beer advocate review that that uh, says like a like uh, like a prune or like a hint mm-hmm. of you know like I definitely get that prune. Yeah, yeah, and, and that that uh, listen, I got a four year makes me worry. Happen sometimes. I know, you know what's if going I on. drink this whole beer, that I might have to you know. I'll help you out. All right. No, please don't. The, no, I mean with the drinking the beer. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. What? No. I thought you meant about like the prune problems. Weird, later. bro. No. All right. Good. Um. It's like a nice, like, um, almost like coconutty coffee, though. Like, it's not like yeah. just a straight black finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the whiskey is prominent. Oh, without a doubt. It's, it's, uh, that's what, you know, that it's, uh, it's, it's legit. The aftertaste is like an Irish coffee, but I'm sure it's got some, it's got that little like Irish creaminess, that sweetness, mm-hmm. but with that bitter, um, and then that whiskey. Yeah. But I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this that have had ESB style beers that are, in my opinion, kind of like a little bit indiscernible from from other styles of beers. 
you know, like where you get an ESB, like for instance, like a Red Hook ESB, which is right. a super common totally. ESB that is not very, you know, there's nothing special about the flavor of the beer. It's no. it's, a, it's a decent beer. It's a nice beer. There's nothing wrong but with it. But there's really, even, even that, like the Red Hook ESB isn't really that bad. Bitter. Yeah, exactly. Like when it comes down to it. And then this one, you have a, a full flavor profile that is unique and, totally. and completely different from anything you're going to taste. So, um, you know, it's... And I'll be honest, and I'll be honest, 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 honest. Brian gave this to us a while ago. Yep. There's a good chance it sat longer than it should have. I, you know, I don't think this is the kind of beer that that's a problem for. I... I... I mean, the beer itself there's, is retired. There's a tiny little, there's a little, a few little hints of sour that to me usually is what I get out of a beer that's hung out just a little too long. Okay. Um, it's still fantastic, but I do think that if you had it fresh, if we got it like, if, if we that. drank it right when he gave it to us, yeah. um, that those little better. notes would have been different. Yeah. So I basically, it's still fantastic. And I'm not using that against it, but I am pointing out that I'm getting yeah. that, and that's most likely that's ninety percent because I can see that. we've I, held on to it for a long time until we found a, a good uh, yeah, it's been about to, six months to pair with. Right. We had, we well, we got it at Father's Day Law. Yeah. So. Yeah. Six months, but it's it's fantastic, and I think sometimes breweries will do that that bourbon barrel aging, and it's dumb and it's over the top, and they just want to do it to say they did. But I think for this, it, it, it worked really well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You, I want like talk, you want to talk about the D? Yeah, let's talk about the disc. So first off, thank you to Thomas Sturgill. Um, I, I'm Hopefully I pronounced that right. Who is now in our Slack group. But basically, I was doing like the dollar disc golf uh, auctions on Facebook and somehow got added to like a Heiserbomb um auction site and i i just put up a message that said hey i do this podcast my name is joe i do disc golf podcast i'm really looking for a mortar i want a mortar i want to review it i want to throw it and uh thomas stepped up and hooked me up and gave me a super good price on it um so i was able to get it rad disc it's in frontline x and from everything i've read and heard uh, Frontline X is G Star before G Star was released. Yep, and that's exactly and what it's, it feels that's what like. it is for yeah. sure. So it it feels it's got the for those you know Heiser Bomb manufactured by Innova. So um, it, yeah, it's, and it's Rancho. You can see the the, yeah, the, you the, the underneath. Stamp. So you can, yeah, for for those you know wondering about the brand of Heiser Bomb, you know it's it's a uh, brand of disc that has its molds, but it's manufactured by Innova, and the plastic is all Innova plastic. And uh, so this really is, it's, it's G star it's beadless. So it's very smooth. It's, it's got a nice, it's got a teensy bit of dome to it, but it's mostly a flat profile to it. And a little bit of a blunt nose, um, very overstable uh, for, for what it is a mid range, a five speed disc uh, overstable. The, the glide number on it is real. Uh, you can get some really nice throws out of it. It's, it's not going to be an, an absolute meat hook. Like some of the more overstable mid ranges that you can you can get into, uh, it it can be a workhorse, especially for uh, you know backhand throws where you want to make sure this thing finishes left, big hyzers or forehands where you want to make sure that you you know maybe you got some flaws in your forehand form and 
and you want to keep it flat and not turn it over. Um, a terrific disc, a lot of fun to throw. I really do like uh, like mortars and and Joe will will tell you a little bit more about this one because he throws a disc that's extremely similar. Right. I would say it uh, it feels very similar. The plastic is different than uh, a disc I'm used to. Um, that flat profile. The kind of smaller diameter for a mid-range yeah. um, really reminds me of a disc that we reviewed early on in the show that I instantly fell in love with, and I'm beating around the bush, because if you've heard about a mortar, if you put any time looking into a mortar, everyone basically says the same thing. It is a beadless gator. Yep. Um, and I don't mean to break any hearts or spread rumors, but... The mortars of beadless gator. Yeah, yeah. It's it's what it is. Yeah, and it's and, and it's a favorite rad. of Jeremy Colling. And a, right, because he doesn't like the he doesn't like the beads exactly. And for me, I um, for a forehand player, it makes sense. Totally, it's it's rad. It's it's it. That's what it is. And I love the gator. The gator. The gator was the first disc that we reviewed that instantly went into my bag, and it's probably. One of the few discs that went instantly into my bag that has stayed in my bag this entire time. Like, I think we did the Gator within the first 10, 15 episodes. I feel like that's right. And it's it's a mainstay. Like, the Gator's yeah. not coming I, out of my I bag. I think it was in the first 10 because it was, uh, um, what's his face, our our, our uh, buddy out of Napa uh, that, that uh, sent us in the review and, and sent us a beta Andy Gator. Yeah, they came through. Oh, no, so. no, he sent us the idea. I got the beer and, oh, you and the disc, but got it. But still, um, uh, Mormon, Mormon, right? Yeah, right, Mormon, right, Mormon. Yeah, there you go. Um, and anyways, it's it's a rad disc. I honestly, though, with the the plastic, I'm just so accustomed to my Gator with the the metal flake and kind of a stiffer. It's kind of Kind of funky, but not that much. I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's it's rad. If if beads bother you, you you need to you need to have a mortar. Well, in in this this frontline X plastic, which it might be hard to find just in general, because mortars are not something that is. Oh yeah, I've in, actually heard in, this is like in, a super rare disc in stock everywhere. But uh, having this that frontline X plastic. It's a nice kind of approach, overstable approach. This oh, one, it sticks. You can get it to stick. It's not gonna, you know, skip crazily with a with the kind of give that it has with the flexibility. So, really awesome disc. I I in the time I spent throwing this thing, I was pretty impressed with it. Mostly, to be honest, I was impressed with the glide because you know, think uh, knowing what I did about it before, I knew it was beadless gator. I've thrown gators. Um, you know, gators are no brick either. They they get some good. Glide they have to way them. more glide than you'd think. Yeah, sure. and and are an excellent kind of forehand option. I to be honest, I I could put either in my hand. I don't have a problem with bead or no bead. Um, I really don't like beaded putters. Personally. Right. Well, see, but that's what made me fall in love with the gator. So, is it feels so much in the hand like a judge. And and to, but to be honest. For for throwing, I don't care about a beaded putter. It's for putting that I don't like a beaded putter. So um, it it really bead or no bead really doesn't come into effect for me unless it's it's short range putting. That's when I just don't care for it. Right. But right. um 
And a lower profile disc, you know, slightly less bead, it makes it a little bit easier on a forehand shot. You know, think discs like if you compare a, a zone and a harp, having that slightly lower profile makes a big difference sometimes. So yeah, uh, that part of it is great. But uh, to be honest, the, the biggest thing I noticed about this disc was while it was overstable, you could still get some really great distance out of an overstable mid-range. So that was very impressive for me. Yeah, it was like it's a it's a point and shoot disc. That's kind of what made me fall in love with the game in the first place. Was I could throw it a few times and be like, you know what, I think I get this, and just be able to look at a spot and know I could just let go and it'd go right there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a lot of overthinking. There's no real aiming. There's no like I need to put it out to the right so it finishes there. Like naturally, it was a disc that I was able just to say, you know, this spot. 250 feet out, I'm just going to pop it right there and and do it mm-hmm. um, because it's consistent. It's the same flight path all the time. You're not going to turn a mortar over. No. Um, if you're turning one over, you're doing something wrong. Most it's, likely, it's, yes. It's on you or, or uh, you have an insane massive headwind, but I, I still would trust – a mortar I, and a yeah, headwind any I think, day. I think. I think if you're you're getting actual turn on a mortar, um, you are either one of the strongest arms in disc golf, or you've got some major form flaws. Or you beat one in real good and you have a lot of time with it. But obviously, that's true. That's true. obviously, yeah. if you're listening to us and we're saying this, you've already made yourself a, an acceptance because you know what you've done to get it there. Yeah. But. Uh, it's a it's a fairly fresh mortar. Thank yeah. you, thank you again one time, Thomas, um, for hooking me up with this not thrown very much mortar. It's cool. I mean, I get the hype. I get the hype now. Mm-hmm. I know why people want mortars. Um, I think for me, I do want, and I know our buddy Spencer has one. I do want to throw a stiffer mortar. Yeah. After throwing the Frontline X, mm-hmm. um, that might be kind of like the deciding factor i i i don't throw any g-star or anything like that not that i dislike it but with the mid-range for some reason just doesn't you know come to think of it doesn't I, do it for you me know, being that i throw my mid-ranges are all discraft for one. right and um and the the main ones i use are titanium and then plastic and then i have the comet which i carry in z plastic but yeah, very firm. So I, you know, I don't really keep a, a mid range. I feel like the the mortar, even though it is a five speed, it's a little bit on like it could be like a four point five speed type right, thing, right? You know, so you kind of feel like it bridges that gap between the 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 putters and the and the mid ranges a little bit. Not I think. Quite, it, I mean, it's definitely a mid range. Listen, it's, if you want to send me a big germ recon mortar <laughs> to check out, I'll do that. I would love that. Um, I feel like if I if I had a stiffer one, like more in like the champ yeah, style, stiffer one's always better. The the the, the champ style plastic, um, which I think is recon. I'm I could be totally wrong. I don't know. Um, I might be down. I like the flight, and in all honesty, if I could take a half a centimeter of oh. space away in my bag, to fit another distance driver, okay. No, that's not enough space, but um, I'm, I'm willing to check it out more. I, I do enjoy I do enjoy the mortar. Obviously, I'm um, a huge Gator fan. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a good disc. All right, so I'm just going to roll. Okay. I think I... You all know where I'm going. I basically just said it. Gator's in my bag. I love my Gator. I love yes. my Metal Flake Gator. Yep. Um, it's probably the longest... It is the longest standing disc that's like come to me via this podcast. Even before the Trespass, the Gator was there. So I'm not going to kick it out for the mortar. If I had a stiffer mortar at some point, I might think about it. Mm-hmm. But the the Frontline X is just enough that I'm not I'm not sold and I'm not I'm not going there. Yeah. Um. For me, the uh, I use I use for what I would use the mortar for. I currently use the zone, uh, the Discraft zone. So, um, and I do like the mortar and and I I enjoy the the plastic that this one is in and it's a great disc, but uh, it's not going to, to push the zone out at this point. So, right. Well, and I think like a mixture for you of a zone and the buzz OS. Yep. Yeah. Depending on, on yep. what you're doing. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's not going to kick out. It's a rad yeah. disc, but yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to go into my bag. And then, and then even, even further, I use envies, you know, for, they can give me very similar. Right. And that's a nice flat, like, yeah, well, totally both different moderate, style yeah. disc, but but I can get you know a lot of distance and overstability, and uh, so for me, while I like it, um, the part of the problem for me is is it not the the perfect availability to it. You know, they're not available all over the place right. all the time, especially in this plastic. You know, maybe Jeremy Colling's popularity will make them you know start to be available a little more, but at the moment, I I. I, you know, don't want to depend on a disc that can be hard to find at times. So, and then the beer, the, the beer. So Breckenridge Brewing Company, well-built ESB, uh, which was aged in, uh, whiskey barrels. So Stranahan's, uh, whiskey barrels and is very strong. It's also, as I can see, no longer being brewed. So, be hard for me to say that you need to bring this on the course when the odds of you finding it would be pretty slim. That being said, this is a very tasty beer with a lot of different flavors going on in it. And, uh, you know, kind of nice, nice change of pace for what you, what you normally taste. You don't get such a diverse flavor profile from most beers as you do with this one. No. Um, you know what this beer would be great for? <laughs> Early morning. Oh, God. Like a, a breakfast round. A breakfast beer? Okay. Basically, anytime there's coffee flavors in a beer, like uh, I feel like you should you should breakfast it up. I, I don't totally disagree, but... I mean, anytime there's like a beer, like you'd probably have it with breakfast. Well, I think I'm going too far now. This is this is like your uh, your is this your cry for help episode? Is that what's happening? No, right now? That, I'm, we're not gonna have one of those. If we have one of those, the podcast needs to end. I'm not. I don't need no cry for help. All right, all right, just checking, just checking. We're talking about you know breakfast beers and. Are you trying to say this is the first time I brought up a breakfast beer? 
in no, the podcast? No, no, it's been a staple of the, of the Okay, yeah, so sure. I'm saying like... But if, normally... If, have I been crying for help for no, multiple episodes? No, just normally you choose like ciders and things like that that are like light and bubbly and... and I think I've gotten coffee before. I'm pretty positive I've done like... A, I think I like talked about the cappuccino stout being like an end of day or a start of day. <laughs> Got it. Okay, that makes sense. I can see that. And but, that this one's... So that's going in that sense... This is another great beer that would be a nice end of the day. Share it with a couple buddies. Yeah. Pour it in some mean, glasses for I, sure. I honestly feel like we're lucky to be drinking this. We are. Bit. Like, it's, it's Brian, requirement, like, thank you. It's, like, out of production, like, we got hooked up. I, so, I, I'm this gonna, is This is right. This is the first time we met him in person. Yeah. And he probably now is like, I ain't giving those guys shit anymore. <laughs> they're wasting they don't know what beer. they're doing yet. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe a good beer, <laughs> but I I feel like we we have to recommend it just and put it in the bag solely because if you see it you should buy it and try it. It's seven point eight. Check. It can go in Joe's bag. Uh, it uh, it was aged in whiskey barrels. Check. Check. That's two. Tastes good. It's uh got a pretty label. Yeah. For for whatever. That it won't costs. fit in a bottle keeper. Which is a detractor, but... Uh, it came from Colorado, which is one of our strongest uh, DG groups in our in our Slack group. But I'll tell you right now, like, that's a beer probably at a room temperature wouldn't be bad. No, it, I'm sure it'd be fantastic. That'd be a good, like, cask ale, too. So, uh, it doesn't need a bottle keeper. It's a lovely beer. I, I think, uh, I think... No, it's fantastic. I think you should buy it. You can't. You might not be able to, but you should. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Um, so that's two. Yeah, we're, we're gonna call it, we're gonna say swish on the on the beer. Yeah. And and uh and not quite on the mortar, right? Not quite on the mortar. And for me, I think it's a lot closer than you on the mortar. Mm-hmm. Um I could see their I could if mortars come out more mass production or if someone send me a nice stiff recon one. Um, Again, going back to the stiff well. Joe loves things stiff. Right? I don't have anything snappy to say about that. <laughs> I tried real hard. I mean, you could refute it if you wanted. No. I mean, say that you like you prefer a more flaccid disc. No. But, no. No, I'm all about stiff. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, more often than not, that's the <laughs> prefer, world I live in. So, um, my, my wife will tell you the same thing. Oh, wow. Oh, I doubt that. But uh, oh no, it's because like <laughs> I have back problems and like yeah, I can't bend over very much because my back's like not in good shape. Um, I don't know if that was a save or what that was. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Why are you making this? <laughs> anyway, now I'm gonna stop. I was gonna. Anyways, <laughs> um, at some point I could see the mortar being my bag. The Frontline X, it's not it's not there. It's not there. Plus, uh, this one I think is like a 172. So I think if I got like a Champ-style plastic 180, um, that might be something. Because at some point, my Gator is going to beat in. Like, my Gator is going to beat in. And at that point, I could see myself, if there was an available mortar, looking that direction because i like them both yeah. and, and and i and i power grip it like the the uh 
but you'd prefer to power grip a stiffer disc. A D, yeah. 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 Just making sure we came full circle to that. I know. That's why I, I went there. I, hey, I went there for you. You know, we're normally a, a podcast that uh, relies on subtle humor. So, uh, and I just, anyways, wanted, I just anyways, wanted to make sure to drive I, I, home. The, the, having the bead or not the bead doesn't matter as much for the way that I would throw said disc. Joe just picked up a box cutter. <laughs> oh, that had nothing to do with anything. I just was like, I wanted to. I wanted to. Joe do is literally threatening me with a box cutter right now. I am not threatening anyone. <laughs> I would never do such a thing. That's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, so it's two out of four. Um, it is a we had to evacuate. It was stupid, and it sucked being away from our homes. But now we're able to go back to them. I agree, and uh, I'm very happy to be in my home. Yeah. So so am I. Happy to be here with you, and I think it's only fitting that this uh, this episode ended in a in a in a weird sexual in, innuendo in a that weird that Robin propagated weird fireball surprise of surprise <laughs> surprise surprise Robin with a weird sex thing. Hey, you know, it's uh, I'm not fighting it. We're we're all sexual beings in this world. You know, we gotta stop. Express, so gotta go to, don't stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. Listen, Robin doesn't want to make out with you. Listen, we all have needs. You know, we just yeah. You have yours, stiff, stiff, you know, D's. And uh, and Robin has his, like, you know. Anything. Little spongy, <laughs> like, whatever. I don't discriminate. It'll work. I'll take it all. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. I've heard a few people say that about Robin. Wow. Oh, man. You, 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 you so, put yourself down for that one. For those of you wondering if this is how weird we get every time, no. There's a lot of smoke in this valley right now, and uh, Joe. Shit's crazy. Joe and I. Shit is still crazy. By the way, fires are not out all the way. No, yet. they're not. Like we're probably good. We're like ninety five percent. Like no more worries. I. I. But fires are still rolling. Burning for sure. For sure. And there's a fire in Santa Cruz now too. So. Save Dela. Dela's so, fine. It's way and Dela is, from is okay. But uh, but yeah. So smoke inhalation. Sleep deprivation, and you get a weird podcast like we just had tonight. But thank you very much for listening. We appreciate all of you. Check us out. Our website is www.throwstuffatstuff.com. We got all kinds of stuff up there. I, I am overdue on updating the episodes, but we've got a, a chart there for saying, the deer, yeah, showing our all the distant beers that we reviewed. And I will get to that this week and get that all updated and uh, get us on track there you can also join our slack group via our website there's a link on there in the main navigation says join slack slack is a communication app that is uh geared towards getting people together and we created one for the disc golf podcast so it's all disc golf podcast listeners you can get on there and uh, meet people in your area get uh get advice on your throws learn about beers all kinds of stuff going on in there all the time and uh, it's a awesomely active group of of really good people positive. yeah you might have someone who has thrown a disc for like a couple of weeks tell you what you're doing wrong and it's... yeah and then there's a bunch of other people in there that will help correct that <laughs> sorry i that was that was uncalled for but it's a it's a, a terrific group and we we uh really enjoy interacting with people joe and i are on there quite frequently and uh we'll welcome you and and try to uh 
to answer your questions if you can. It's probably the best way if you want to communicate with us directly and ask us questions, get in there. Uh, throw stuff at stuff.com, hit the join Slack link. and Right, and with and Slack, I, th- I think it's fun. I, I would like to bring up... Um, we have some some uh, some of our Slack users who have been kind of outstanding and um, have been there for us. We are are kind of bringing aboard to help moderate things. We are. We've announced two mods, and uh, well, we we are announcing right now two right, mods that right, we added right. to it, which are Joey Hansen and and Austin Davis. That have been on there uh, long time listeners and active followers that are going to help us uh, moderate this group as it goes on. So thank you to both of them. Yeah, so. I just wanted to toot their horn a little bit because yeah. they've, they've been great. And I'm happy to uh, have some people to help us out because it's growing and we're there all the time. Like, I, I don't want you to think that we're not there. We're always around, but we, we're all over the place. We're in a West Coast time zone and we got someone on the East Coast, someone on the West Coast. So for some reason... We miss you. We got someone else to uh, make sure we know you're there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and help us keep track of it. So always, always good to have those guys. And, and thank you to both of them. Yes. And then uh, once again, our our uh, Patreon, uh, Patreon.com/slash/discgolfpodcast. Uh, join and support us, and uh, you'll get access to our pre-show recordings, which are uh, ridiculous in their own way. Like more ridiculous than this podcast is too. Exactly. Which sounds crazy, but it's true. Totally possible. So and in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. And in the meantime, get out there and throw stuff at stuff. <laughs>